everybody. Welcome to the Dummy Room. This is Marie Nicotine from the Windowsill. Enjoy the show. Cheers. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Hey everybody, you're in the dummy room. I'm Jody Have Not, joined as always by Mr. Nate Demmel. What's up, Nate? Not much, man. How's it going doing? for you? Man, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, me too, dude. Uh, episode 50. We finally hit the big 5-0. Yeah, and it looks like we got uh, a couple great guests. Yeah, this is going to be awesome, dude. Yep, uh, we're doing a, we're doing a, a sort of a classic album review for um, Screeching Weasels, My Brain Hurts. Yeah, we've been talking great. about this since episode one. Yep, uh, it's episode 50 because it was lookout number 50, you know, yeah. makes sense. Makes perfect um, sense. So the guests that are coming in tonight, we're going to have uh, Dan Vapid and Dan Panic. Yeah. So um, it wasn't the uh, original idea I had for this episode, but it turns out this is probably better anyways, certainly easier. Our original plan would have taken a lot longer to do, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, other than that, uh, nothing's happening with me new. Been just excited about this episode. What's oh, yeah. new with you? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, shit's been going good. But what's super exciting is today is my cat, Peter Chris's birthday, dude. He's five years old. Happy birthday, Peter Chris. Hell yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So yeah, man, five fucking years with this crazy ass fucking cat, man. <laughs> I love my cat. He's just, he's badass. He comes in and out. I don't even have a litter box. He just does his thing, comes home when he wants to, and the cat fucking rules. The only problem I have with him is a lot of times when we're recording this, he wants to jump right on my laptop or like just be a general nuisance while I'm trying to do my show. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the dude rules. He's like a vicious lion in the in the jungle out here, man. He's always bringing in all types of fucking mice and squirrels and all types of birds he's like a squirrel he's Holy a vicious shit. predator dude damn like half the time when he comes in he'll have like blood on his face and shit I'm like, what have you Ooh. killed this time dude <laughs> you usually edit him out but um for anybody listening i think peter chris has been he's interrupted the recording a few sh- on a few shows at least <laughs> yeah a healthy <laughs> number of shows in fact where he just won't leave me alone. I got to fucking edit his ass out while I'm throwing him outside. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool that uh, we have both named cats after drummers. Yeah. You know, I named uh, my mom's cat uh, Panic. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh, 20 years ago, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I'm definitely a cat dude, man. I'm a bit cat-like myself. I am cat-like, I can't pound pounds all night I am cat-like, I can't find any hype when I finally reach the top and realize I can't get down and need some help, a little help I am cat-like, perfect fish fighter 
So anyways, awesome. yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to my cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, um, tonight's topic, super cool. Um, I don't know. I don't even know, you know, what else can we say about this album that we haven't said or somebody else cooler hasn't said, you know? <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's the, it's, it's okay. It's, I think it's the best collection of Weasel songs, you know, I think, uh, you know, Ben started singing on this record, I guess. You know, not that he didn't sing on Boogada, but right. you know what I mean. You know, uh, well, this is the record that kind of defines their sound. Oh, for know, sure. Everything after it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like um, you said, probably the best collection of songs they ever put out in one package. You yeah. Know, unless they, maybe you count Weasel Mania is pretty great. Well, that's different, but. Yeah. Um, you know, they. they the you know it's a clear departure from Boogada. You know they kind of got a little bit more. They got a lot more melody. You know they upped the melody, I should say. Yeah. Um. You know there was some songs. You know like, you know Supermarket Fantasy and uh, I don't know That's Stupid Over You. Or... Yeah, Stupid Over You. That that were great, but you know this this was the the road they were paving. You know. Um. So what do you think if there was a if there was a pop punk revival in the nineties, do you think it started with this record? Cause I do. Yeah. I mean, for me, this album was super influential because I mean, I had listened to punk before this, you know what I mean? Obviously Ramones, Descendants, Buzzcocks, Dickies, all this type of stuff, Gen X, all this type yeah. of stuff. But no one had really, to me, since the Ramones had had that kind of sound, but also that sense of humor, you know what I mean? In their songs. Yeah. And uh, it was just entirely influential. I already was on to Weasel. Like, I had Boogada before this one, you know, before My Brain Hurts came out. And I liked it, you know what I mean? But once I heard this, it just, it just, it was like a game changer in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it just, it just, I don't even have the words to describe what it meant to me at the time. But it, it was like a total shift in everything in my musical world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Once I heard this shit, just forget about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it yeah. just it made everything else. I was thinking about this this afternoon. I actually um, I googled up like what was the hit songs of 1991, you know. And I was thinking about <laughs> the fact that here I am listening to this shit while the number one song of that year I think was uh, "I Would Do Anything for You" or whatever by Brian Adams. You know what I'm saying? Oof. Or "Everything I Do, I Do It for You." I think it's called. Yeah. And I was looking through the the hits of that year, and it's like. You know, uh, Will Smith summertime and like all this bullshit. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. Here, are my friends and I were on this totally different planet, basically listening mm-hmm. to my brain hurts and, you know, yeah, all this type of stuff. And uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy when you look back on it because it doesn't feel like it's as old as it is. You know what I mean? Nah, nah, it doesn't feel old at all. It's the record that every band in our bubble wants to sound like you know yeah, no one has successfully done it not even, no nobody has i mean people have come close you know people can write great you know weasel leads but it all started here yeah this is a great record um i want to get into it with them but I, I you know like there's some synth on here and they they did a lot of cool stuff you know the, every song you just the next song is a little bit of it doesn't get boring you know every song kind of 
rejuvenates itself. Nothing yeah. gets uh, monotonous at all, I don't think. Like the, you know? the sequencing of the record is perfect, it's really. perfect, yeah. You know, they got the angry song and then Poppy and then... I always yeah. kind of felt like slogans could go first, but other than that, the, the sequencing is perfect. Like you were saying, like you don't... It's not just one sound consistently through the record. I mean, it is, but within the framework of an album, you know what I mean? Yeah. Each one's a little different than the rest, even though they yeah. do have a cohesive sound together, you know? Yeah, I, I think, you know, for an um, for an outsider listening to this, they might, you know, obviously they would say every song sounds the same, but, right. you know, not to us, you know? <laughs> no. Not to anyone who's listened to it and gave it a little time, you know what I mean? Yeah, um... Yeah, I love this record. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say um, anything about it that we haven't already said. I mean, we both put this way at the top of most way lists. At the top, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just one of those records that to both of us is just basically the shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't really beat it. <laughs> My Brain Hurts is an all-time fucking classic, dude. And I, I think when I'm like 70, I'll still be listening to this album. Yeah, yeah it'll be fun you know i always think of that too like you know like these dudes that listen to you know punk and like even metal like slayer yeah like what's a nursing home gonna sound like in 30 years <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're gonna have guys you know slayer gonna be being played do you uh-huh. grow out of this stuff i don't grow out of anything <laughs> i mean i don't like no i most know of the but... things i've liked i've liked forever you know what i'm saying like anything yeah. i've ever liked i pretty much still like it whether it's fucking star wars or you know indiana jones whatever gem and the holograms what have you yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i was gonna ask you dude how this past weekend was record store day do you do you partake in any of that shit i had to work so i mean i didn't really do much when i you know when i work on the weekends i don't even get home till 4 a.m and i usually sleep most of the next day until i gotta go do it again at night but i mean i would have loved to have gotten that uh death by television picture disc so i usually don't go out you know i've been out before but it's like i don't want to wait in a fucking line you know but i did this year and i was hoping to get that death by television you know the picture disc yeah or i would have taken that ramones live at the palladium you know yeah that would have been cool but my local record store kind of sucks so they didn't have (laughs) they didn't get the well i don't i don't think they got the lillington's record there was about 20 people ahead of me in line yeah and um yeah, it was really weird. The dude ahead of me ended up, he was from Madison, and um, we started talking about Screeching Weasel and shit like that. It was strange. Um, but I did end up, I got nothing, I got no record store day records, you know, but I ended up picking up uh, the uh, that Fungus Among Us 7-inch, you know, oh, Screeching right Weasel, No Empathies on it. Yeah. I picked that up. I never had that before, so that's cool. Um but I did end up getting that picture disc. I ordered it online. Oh, right on. From uh, Angry Young and Poor Records in uh, Pennsylvania. Cool. They had some, and I didn't have to pay the eBay, you know, $100 or whatever. I didn't know. 20 bucks or whatever it was. and So it made me a little happy. I mean, I got it on the original press on Panic yeah, I Button. Know, but, but yeah, I would love to have a picture disc just to have it. It looked cool. Yeah. I'll never listen to it. It's just going to sit there. So Yeah, but it's neat looking. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely cool looking. So Right on. All right, man, we should get into this. Yeah, uh, we should. Two, two dudes who were obviously the huge part of Screeching Weasel, the classic lineup, all of us Screeching Weasel high school alumni. We all know these guys. Dan Vapid, Dan Panic. Should we just do it? 
Yeah, both of them making a return appearance here in the dummy room. I'm stoked, dude. Uh, this time we get to just focus on my brain hairs. Last time we had to kind of talk about everything, you know? So this is going to yeah. be fucking awesome. Let's keep our fingers crossed and hope it all works out. And yeah, let's try it. Let's do it. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Any of you that have ever felt stepped on, left out, picked on, put down, why don't you just come down here and join us, okay? All right, we're here with uh, me, Jody, Dan Panic, and Dan Vapid. How's it going, guys? All right. Good. When's, uh, when's the last time you guys have uh, spoken with each other? Uh, well, um, no, we just play together um, uh, on John Jughead's 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we had played a bunch of songs um, together on that day, which was already like like three years ago, I think. It wasn't <laughs> something like that, two or three. Yeah. yeah. I remember we made a joke that we'd see each other on on Jughead's 70th birthday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I think uh, prior, pr- to that, prior to that, the last time we'd seen each other was at the Lookout Freakout, I think, in 1999. Yeah, uh, that sounds ooh. right. Yeah, it's it had been a really long time. Um, so, um, yeah, it was good to, good to see him, good to play. Um, and likewise, um, what was interesting was I remember we were – Jughead's basement, and we went through a couple of the songs, and I remember telling um, the people, some of the people that I know I'm friends with, that uh, playing with you and John again, like, it felt like no time had passed. Like, it was a weird thing. It felt like home. Um, yeah, it is a weird, it is a weird little moment. Like, I, I know exactly what you mean, because, uh, and it wasn't just with you either. It was with Mass and Flav and like everybody. Like you, you just kind of back into this place you were when you were twenty. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Awesome. Very strange. Yeah, yep. It was kind of like uh, everybody just kind of like slides back there. You know, you got the same dynamics, same kind of humor, kind of going on, and yep. Yeah, there wasn't um, like a big. Uh, there wasn't a, a big. Uh, you know, we all just kind of sat uh, in our respective places, like, oh, should we go through one? And I think you'd mentioned a tune, and like we went through it, and it's like, yeah, okay. It was kind of yeah. like, uh, it's kind of like visiting your childhood home again, and kind of walking through. I'm like, yeah, I remember this. Right. Uh, yeah, something like that. I, I I kind of agree with that analogy. Um, and it wasn't just. Uh, I would say it was that way with. Uh, even like John personality, I felt that I felt that with everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, me too. Across board, I hadn't seen B Face in a long time either, and so uh, I just kind of picked up where we left off, and it was good. It's a good weekend. Yeah, it was so cool. So today we're here to talk about one of the greatest albums ever fucking released. My brain hurts, right? So <laughs> let's just take it back to the beginning. The band had broken up. You guys get together, panic joins, and let's take it from there. Okay. Uh, well, we were playing that bass player on there, Dave Naked. We were playing at his house for a while. Um, and then I guess what had happened is Ben was in a band with him for a while. Were you in that band too, Dan? 
No, I think uh, Eric Elsewhere was drumming for him at the oh, time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So they had a band for a little while, and then, um, it, you know, it was a kind of situation where he had a, a practice space, so Ben ended up playing with them, and, uh, you know, after that, we it was kind of far out in the suburbs, and so we ended up playing at Dan's house, um, and his parents were nice enough to let us play <laughs> down in the basement over there. Um which is pretty awesome if you think about it, you know. Uh, my parents did the same before, you know, I was in Screeching Weasel. And, uh, Brian from Sludgeworth, his mom, uh, let us play in the basement. Um, so parents that let their kids play in the basement are pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, definitely. I, I know it probably gave our folks, uh, you know, a few more gray hairs. Uh, but... Uh, I think probably the philosophy behind that was at least you knew where your kids were. <laughs> so, totally. um, so maybe that was uh, their their reasoning of letting us make a bunch of noise in the basement was well. <laughs> at least I know he's uh, not getting arrested right now. Um, I know the cacophony of uh, noise going down on there is not my cup of tea, but <laughs> oh, they handled it great from, though. Yeah, they're very at nice least, about it. Yeah, at least I know he's not out there stealing cars or something. So, <laughs> but I but I, I want to say that maybe the the my brain hurts rehearsals were at Dave Naked's house, and then we had gone. Um, refreshing my memory here, I, I think what had happened is we started rehearsing for those for my brain hurts at Dave Naked's house. We had gone on tour. We had recorded the record when we were out on tour. And um, I think maybe by the time we had got back, that's when we were rehearsing at your house. Dan, does that make does that sound right? Um, I think what we did, we did, um, I think about four or five rehearsals at Dave Naked's house. And okay. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think his father wasn't too pleased with the situation. Okay, and that so, sounds right. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd ask my folks if we could practice there. So I think we practiced there a few times, and then we went on tour. And I think after we recorded My Brain Hurts, it was shortly afterwards that I moved uh, with a couple of roommates into Chicago uh, below Jughead and his uh, roommates. Right, uh, right, right. Places. Okay. Most of it, those songs, I think we were learning um in that time period of before going on tour in 1991 and then we yeah. had recorded and uh you know there was a handful of those songs that were um were around uh before you were around dan um the song yeah, the like podcast uh, stuff yeah yeah fathead and um i want to be a homosexual Although that's not on the My Brain Hurts album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that whole session had a handful of songs from before uh, y you were playing with us. And then um, after that, I'm pretty sure we, that's when we were rehearsing for those songs was around that time. Anyway, I don't know if this is important or not to you guys. <laughs> I'm just trying to like figure out the timeline here. No, we love trying this to, stuff. Trying uh, to go trying back to, a very, yeah. very long time. Uh, yeah, trying to right dust there. the uh, cobwebs off of the, the mind. <laughs> yeah, do guys, absolutely. Do you uh, do you guys remember the first show you played together? I, I, I'm not sure. you remember it, Dan? I don't really yeah, remember. Yeah, McGre uh, McGregor's. Okay. And I'm trying to remember the bands that played with us. I know Beer Goggles did. Okay. Um, 
and I can't remember the second band for the life of me. Um, but yeah, I think I can the picture first... the flyer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't. That's that's about as far as it goes. Right. Yeah. So this is more of a question for you, Vapid. So when once Panic joined the band, did you guys automatically feel that it just instantly gelled when you started playing together? I did. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think uh, there was a lot of chemistry, I think, like right off the bat. That's awesome. Um, you know, we liked his drumming a lot. And I just, I don't know, I felt like, you know, that that addition just kind of brought things to like a new level from where the band was maybe on the second and first album. Totally. What I really liked about the songs that you and Ben had come up with uh, during My Brain Hurts was they're very melodic. And I think especially in that period of time, uh, pretty much, I'd say a majority of the bands out there wanted to be in hardcore bands. And or they wanted I to be like Fugazi, you know, yeah. or like the, um, they either wanted to be like hardcore or like that um, Fugazi-esque DC stuff. Right. Yeah. There so, wasn't a lot of bands that wanted to be like the Ramones and the Dickies and stuff. So I was probably on a very, very short list of drummers that had an interest in playing melodic punk rock at that period of time. So it was probably yeah. in my favor. Um, otherwise, they, I probably wouldn't have had a snowball's chance in hell uh, being in the band. But, uh, but I, I really, um, I'm a big pop fan anyway. So uh, that was right up my alley. And I always felt that the melodic aspects of punk rock were more subversive than hardcore totally um, i feel like you can reel more people in with the melody um and whatever you have to say than just full-on you know angry hardcore stuff yeah. and don't get me yeah. wrong i like hard i like hardcore too but right like my, my heart just like with uh dan's was more into the melodic aspects. I know we've bonded over 80s New Wave and Cheap Trick and a lot of the uh, power pop stuff from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's great. Right. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you, uh, Dan. I mean, I was same with the with the hardcore. Um, was big into hardcore, you know. Uh, but I, I kind of got to a point where I was just getting more into just stuff that had more of a hook more yeah. of the uh, more of the pop sensibilities and for me like the two bands are like the ramones and naked reagan were my two bands you know so yeah. um i kind of wanted to go in more in that direction and nobody really in chicago did i mean no. you know I, I remember that very well you know everything was pretty hardcore and fugazi yeah yeah, you know so and, uh, and it was and it was funny that period too because there would be People, you know, you'd ask them, "Oh, what are your influences?" and and you know, they'd say, "Oh, we can't, you can't describe our our music." You'd hear it, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it sounded like fucking Fugazi. And and I like Fugazi, but but yeah, but there are some people who just like like okay, yeah, I can describe your your band, Fugazi. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, with worse vocals. <laughs> right yep <laughs> and worse worse recordings and yeah <laughs> and uh yeah I, I, that that that's just kind of how it was at that time you know um 
you know, the, the term pop punk wasn't even a word yet. I mean, like people would ask me, well, what, like, what would you call it? I said, it's kind of like melodic punk. Well, like what? I'm like, I don't know. The Ramones, the Buzzcocks, even the Descendants, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. those yeah. melodies. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, to me, like the, that, that term pop punk, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't even see that as a term until maybe like about 1992. There's an article I have actually, I should show it to you guys sometime, but it said weasel is pop punk. And that's the, I can remember thinking <laughs> pop punk, huh? Like that's a really weird name. Yeah. But okay. I initially thought it was a very strange label. But at the same time, I thought, okay, well, in a way, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Too bad you didn't uh, trademark that fucker, Dan. I, shit, man. (laughs) I look at like 20-something years later. I mean, it's just like... It's like meaningless now when someone says punk punk. could mean anything, you know? Yeah. Very true. Yeah. When I was a kid, though, when My Brain Hurts was new, I I just called it punk rock. It was just punk rock to me, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, it was to me as well. I mean, I, I mean, obviously it was like it was poppier, and that's the kind of punk I've always liked. I love Descendants, love the Ramones, love the Dickies, you know, all that shit. Everything, right. everything I loved always had the melody, except for like Minor Threat. Love that, you know, and some hardcore. Oh, bands, so did, you know yeah, I mean. Minor. Yeah, I loved Minor Threat as well. Like really yeah. like Circle Jerks. And yeah, I loved all that shit. You know what I mean? The Bad Brains. The, oh, definitely. You know, the Dead Kennedys and. Christ on um, a crutch, and there's yeah. a whole bunch of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally. There's this thing where, when you're a certain age, man, that shit just sounds so good to you, you know? Right, it, and it did. Yeah, yeah. I, I think though, at that point though, we just had a little more, like Dan was saying earlier, just more of the favoring the stuff that had more melody to it at that yeah. point. I'm glad you guys went that direction, man. Because, I mean, for people like me, my brain hurts totally. Like totally changed my whole outlook on all punk rock, you know what I'm saying? Because I was listening to the Ramones and the Dickies and all this kind of stuff, but Screeching Weasel was the first band I heard that was kind of poppy in that way that was a newer punk band. Because it seemed like at the time it was all like skate punk bands, hardcore bands, political shit. But for me, Screeching Weasel was the first band that, you know, while still being super aggressive, had that sense of melody and, you know, also that great sense of humor, you know, and it became fun again. Because at the time, everything Everything like seems so serious. All these bands took the shit way too seriously, you know? It's supposed to be fun, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first yep. time I heard uh, Screeching Weasel, I was in the back of a car. I was like 15. Um, back of a car, my brain hurts is on. I have no idea what it is. My only uh, point of reference is The Descendants. So I ask, you know, kind of bashfully, is this, uh, is this The Descendants, you know? They're like, no, it's Screeching Weasel. So... I took that tape home and wore the shit out of it. Of course, now I think it's you know it's ridiculous to think that Screeching Weasel sounds like The Descendants, but <laughs> upon first listen, and uh, you can kind of hear a little bit, you know, like uh, like the Ramones got infused into The Descendants a little bit, but um, yeah. So that was the first time I heard My Brain Hurts. <laughs> okay. Okay. And uh, it's been my favorite record ever since. I you know. I jump between anthem back and forth with anthem every once in a while, but but overall, it's my brain hurts all the way. Yeah, I I I'd have to. I mean, I don't I don't listen to the albums or anything. And it's not me being contrarian about it. It's just, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> that's the way it is. But I I think with my brain hurts had a little bit more of Dan's uh, 
co-songwriting and feedback into it. And so um, I think with just Ben and Dan uh, doing the main songwriting uh, made a huge difference. I, I think it's the best collection of Ben songs. You know, I mean, Ben's obviously written a hundred great songs, but overall, this is the best actual album. Okay. That's yeah, that's what maybe. I think, you know. I like Wiggle a whole lot, too, and Anthem. Those three, to me, are like, those three are gold. And, you know, to me, Screeching Weasel, once you guys were out of the band, I mean, I still dig it, but it was never the same, you know what I mean? You gotta have those vapid vocals and the panic drumming, man, you know? <laughs> I mean... That's a big part of that sound to me. <laughs> Tell us more, please. So can we get into this a little bit, track by track, just a little bit? Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, the album obviously starts with Making You Cry. It's uh, the angry song on the album. It's a great way to start it's a Great way to start this thing off, I thought. I would have started this whole record with slogans if, it was, if I was making the track listing. But yeah, Making You Cry is fucking great. What do you guys remember about it? When you were tracking it, did you guys know that this was going to be the shit forever after i mean this is you know the one thing that's missing from this podcast i mean which is you know glaringly obvious is ben and, and john aren't commenting <laughs> yeah. on it yeah um i mean the two main guys probably should be probably should be on it but um <laughs> since they're not um i could just tell you what i remember about it i just thought that um it, it seemed you know, like a good, it seemed like a good opener to me. I, I thought it was, uh, I like that it was, you know, it had a fast pace to it. Um, I mean, I mean, now looking back, I mean, should slogans have opened it? Yeah, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. It's, it didn't seem to be like anything at the time where, like, I thought was wrong or anything like right. that. It seemed, seemed to make sense at the time. And I list, if I were to hear it now, I'm pretty sure I would think the same so yeah i th i think it was kind of a nice transition from boogada to my brain hurts i felt like uh making you cry i had uh some piss and vinegar to it yeah um so i think it was probably i think it was a, a good opener just because it it was a little faster paced and it had a little bit of as far as the lyrical content a little bit more the angry bits of boogada but yet more the melodic sense of the whole of my brain hurts yeah i think you're right about that man it's like a perfect transition song between the two records i'm gonna say the same um i think it's like that uh, <laughs> the progression from boogada it's like because i'm pretty sure if i'm i might not be right about this but i'm pretty sure it, it may have been a song that he had written before Screeching Weasel got back together. Gotcha. I might be wrong gotcha. about that though. Yeah. But it, it is but it is that good transition, I think. Yeah. I think you sold me on it, Panic. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I just, uh, that's the, what came to me at that given moment. So, Gotcha. So, hey, man, I got a question about the gear. Do you guys remember, you know, what kind of rig, what kind of guitars? What did you use to track the record? Oh, you're going to love this. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> okay. All right, guitar players, listen up. <laughs> Reaching Weasel fans, listen up. You want to hear the gear? <laughs> I played a Strat Squire and a 60-watt crate amp. Really? Solid state even, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Sounds sir. pretty good, though, man. Uh, uh, you know what? I was pretty happy with it, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was shockingly, fine. like, at that time, I mean, we didn't really have good gear. I didn't have, like, a Marshall for, like, a long time. You know, I had I had that crate amp, and you know it's funny because I you know when I heard the tone, I was like, you know, I was we all kind of liked it. I don't know, we just kind of worked with it. Yeah. So did uh, um, Jughead play through that as well, or what does he play? I don't remember what uh, he may have played out of a Fender. I'm I'm not hundred percent. Yeah, I think he played through a Fender on that. I'm pretty sure he did too, and his guitar. I want to say it was a Fender as well, but... I, I think it was a Washburn. Oh, I think you're right, man. And it had the Bennington sticker on there and all yeah. that. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't believe I remember this stuff. I, you know, <laughs> I, I would have totally forgot that unless you said something. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I remember that now. <laughs> cool. And then I think Dave Naked, he had a... I think he had a Fender bass. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. And I had a... But I don't uh, think he... Play, I think he may have just went direct. Yeah, I was going to say, bass yeah. sounds like it's just straight in. And we played a, we played the, the tracks live together in the room, yeah. too. So right. it wasn't like... Because uh, we were trying to get the album done, you know, efficiently as possible. That's, that's right. Yeah, that is correct. And, and those also... Um, we, you know, it was recorded to tape. This is time when, uh, Analog. you know, bands, but yeah, band, right. Bands weren't using Pro Tools or anything like that. At you the, guys play this to a was click? before that, that whole nope. technological advance of, uh, of studios. So, um, we, we recorded the tape and I mean, I know like vocals was, were, were done separately, but you know, the band would go in and record at the same time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, you know, you would go and do overdubs separately, but right, but everything else would be together. And uh, so, did you guys keep it? I know Panic likes to keep it to like one or two takes, right? <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember how many takes. What was the song that you almost those? quit the band over, Panic? Oh, that was uh, Wiggle. That was. Oh, that was uh, on Wiggle. Yeah, that was Amy saw me looking at her boobs. And I think we we're at like take six or, or something like that, and I was getting really upset. <laughs> and Matt said, "Why don't you uh, why don't you go take a break?" And so I I sat outside and pondered whether I should continue playing drums or not. I'm like, am I wasting everyone's time? It's taking fucking forever. And uh, uh, yeah, I was really important song there too man yeah it's uh <laughs> it's got it's got you all know, the i mean what would have happened if yeah. that didn't you know <laughs> be the light of day i mean it really does kind of uh 
touch on all the profundities of life and the existential quandaries that we all uh, deal with on a daily basis. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. And then uh, you'd, you'd mentioned, I think Jody you'd mentioned, uh, yeah, there weren't any click tracks. Right. I didn't start using that yeah. until uh, Bark Like a Dog. Okay. Right, right. No click, no technology. Just live in the room. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's overdubs, but... Well, yeah. 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 But still, the basic bed tracks are basically live. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I mean, you could tell, too, because it does have a, like a life to it. You know, like a lot of the albums that I recorded today on these grids... To me, it's like they have no life to them, you know? They're just, you know, the drums are quantized. Everything is just rendered completely sterile, you know? Or it's just done, like, piecemeal. Like, one person goes in and does their thing, and then the yeah. next, where you're playing in a room together, you're all a little nervous, anticipating things. Right. And so it just kind of bolsters the energy a little bit more. And in that case, I would intentionally play a little bit ahead of the beat to make it seem more more like a live sort of more like a live energy rather than a studio energy because when we practice i would play ahead of the beat and see how it sounded play on the beat and see how it sounded and then play behind the beat and see how it sounded right i did not know that dan i thought that was just kind of how you played i thought Uh, we were just always slightly ahead of the beat which i just thought worked yeah so i never it, it wasn't like a thing of it just sounded right, so I didn't. I never questioned it. But I know there's a lot of a lot of rock drummers will be just sl- ever so slightly behind, and it works. Mm-hmm. It, depending yeah. on what kind of riff is going on, you know, you get into that groove, and you're just slightly behind. And yeah, can, I think with you know, the stuff that we, I th- think the stuff that we were doing, I felt that being a little bit behind the beat or on the beat kind of lagged it a little bit. And it was lasting, lacking that propulsion that it needed. Okay. Are you guys hearing that crazy noise? I am. Are you hearing it either, yep. Dan? I'm yeah. not hearing anything, no. It must be you making it. <laughs> <laughs> it almost sounds like wind's blowing in your mic or something. Oh, if that would make sense. I'm like on a, in a screen porch here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was wind. <laughs> the howling wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next song, uh, Slogans. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit. Love this song. Hell yeah, this song rules. Um, I like how it doesn't really have a chorus. It's just sort of na-na-nas. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great song. What do you guys remember of it? Well, it was a song that um, was around or around like 1989. It was on a 7-inch um, a called... There's a fungus among us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a friend of our old friend of ours, Martin, put out, and uh, it's a little different on there. And we re-recorded it. For my my brain hurts. I, I do prefer the second version. Oh, yeah. That Dan played. Um, I think just the 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 first the first version we did it was just kind of uh, remember it was just kind of choppy a little bit. Um. We just kind of flushed it out a little nicer, I think, the second time around. So um, I think that was maybe the first song where I, I did a, a backing vocal and like Ben and John like encouraged to do more of them. Cool. If I'm recalling correctly, I just kind of came up with it at practice. Uh, like, yeah, do more of that kind of thing. So I just started doing more stuff. 
um, after that at practice. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely the strongest singer out of the whole band. uh, (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so you definitely, your backing vocals uh, definitely added uh, a lot more. And not just in the studio, but live, too. Um, And as far as the slogans, I played it a little bit slower, just because I knew that the lyrics were a bit of a mouthful, and I wanted people to try to understand them a little bit so i yeah didn't yeah. play it there are some songs i didn't play right. as fast because i wanted people to get a little bit of what no that was totally, yep singing yep. about right now that totally makes sense i it's funny that you find these things out years later you may have said that at the time but i don't have a memory of that no i think it totally just, makes sense because if you were to if you were to like speed that up even like even slightly more it would just been like a blur Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that stuff um, I kept to myself. Like I would experiment during practice right. without really telling anybody, and saying like, "Okay, that works," or like again, the on the beat, behind the beat, on you know, yeah, the, the, beat, the sort of thing. Where I've just sure. surprisingly there was intent to my uh, to it all <laughs> <laughs> to the to the three three drum three drum beats that I played. <laughs> right. that's good so there was a method to your madness i love it yeah <laughs> all right next track uh one of the greats guest list
yeah, I can tell you about guest list. That was um, mostly um, mo- wrote most of it. I think Ben kind of pieced it together, and he um, he wrote the lyrics to the verses, but the the um, the chorus was um, something that popped in my head while driving. You know, just driving through Roscoe Village in Chicago, and there was this chorus that popped in my head, and then uh, that lead. So I went home and played it, and then the lead was something that I had in my other band uh, at time, Sludgeworth, but it was a song that really wasn't working out and we were kind of getting rid of anyway, but I liked the lead for it. So I brought it to that song and uh, came up with the riff and, you know, it became a song. It was also one of the songs that was probably one of the later, um, later songs that we learned I want to say we played it only a handful of times before we went on tour and then we ended up recording it. So, um, there's, um, there's that as well. Yeah. So what, what is the, exactly is a groinorama? <laughs> groinorama is kind of like when you, I don't know, like, like you're kind of moving your hips. Right? Yeah. Either that or moving. like more, more pelvic type of, uh, yeah. 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 It looks motion. like you're screwing. <laughs> You're, you're air screwing. Yeah. <laughs> air fucking. There you go. <laughs> that would be the groin-a-rama. Yeah. <laughs> Another question people ask a lot with that is, who's Harvey Klinger? Yeah. Right. And, like, I, a lot of people didn't know who Harvey Klinger was. And I'm like, fuck, well, he was on the Brady Bunch. He was really into bugs. He had a, you know, Marsha had a thing for him. And <laughs> yeah. It's an absolute perfect specimen. I'm Marsha Brady. You can have it if you like. Gee, thanks. My name's Harvey Klinger. I'm Marsha Brady. You're the first girl I ever met who knew anything about bugs. Okay, you can have it if you like. Yeah. Can I walk you to class? Okay. That's something I I always loved about uh, ben, he threw out these like pop culture references that uh, that most people would probably just like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there were there were people that I knew that were ensconced in pop culture that got a got a kick out of that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. Great. And he didn't pick obvious pop culture uh, items too, so that was another great thing. Yeah, that was cool. He had a thing for the Brady Bunch, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was a Brady Bunch <laughs> character, Harvey Klinger. That's cool. It's a doozy, man. Check it out. <laughs> Duly noted. All right, yeah, that's that's always been one of my favorite songs in general. But uh, next up is Veronica hates me. I could tell you a little bit about that one. I mean, I know uh, Material Issue had Valerie loves me, so. Mm-hmm. Um. Ben wanted to write Veronica hates me. <laughs> so I think that's Ver- about all I I can tell you about it. I mean, you'd have to ask him for more detail than that. But right, I think that was my backing vocal debut in Screeching Weasel too, because I do uh, at the very end I do a Veronica hates me. Uh, I was wondering who that was. That's you, huh? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Ben asked me to like, oh, why don't you just put something on there? And I think he went out to grab something to eat or something and and he wasn't there and i nervously 
did did it and and he came back and it's like do you all do you want to hear it and i think he's like no it'd be fine uh, cool. But yeah, for some reason, this song always made me want to date a girl named Veronica. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or or start reading Archie comics, but I never did either. <laughs> well, I guess we're all missing out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's never too late to reach Archie, read Archie comics. So, <laughs> but it's it's too late to date a Veronica though for me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yep. All right. Next up is I can see clearly. Obviously, the cover, um, Weasel only did one other cover that was better than this one. But uh, <laughs> did you guys want to do this one? I did. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I read I, somewhere I, that you you were the one that kind of axed out that bridge section, huh, Vapid? Is that true? I don't think so. No? I think I read no. that somewhere online. That it was like you and Ben decided it didn't work, so you just got rid of that part oh you're talking about the bridge on the original yeah johnny nash or whatever oh um you know what i don't remember i i i, I do know like <laughs> it just sounded like the like the song being rewritten to me <laughs> but in like a cooler way <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like all right i mean i i thought it was just kind of it just worked for me but you know what? Come to think of it, I can't really remember what that bridge is even like on the original. It's gonna be a bright, I think it would have been pretty interesting if you guys did keep that part, but I'm pretty happy that you didn't, you know what I mean, all things considered. I just heard that song the other day, too. Yeah, every time I hear the original, it's like, oh, this is terrible. I'm so used to, you know, the, the My Brain Hurts version. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else really does it for me. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I've been hearing that song since I was just a, you know, a little kid. Yeah. You know, it's been playing on the radio since. Totally. But... Yeah, I I don't know. I I couldn't tell you about the bridge part. Yeah, if that's true or not, I don't remember. Gotcha. I always thought it was uh, an interesting choice of cover for a punk band to do. You know what I mean? It was kind of cool. Well, it was it was a toss up between uh, two covers. Yeah, I remember you telling us about that. Yeah, the, the Maxine. Other one? Oh yeah. Uh, get right, get right back to where you started from. Yeah. Uh, Maxine Nightingale, I think. I like that. I think song. we tried it once or twice, and it just. Eh. <laughs> it wasn't working and i can see clearly was obvious the obvious choice yeah those drums at the beginning are so awesome yeah we tried we tried a couple we tried a cheap trick song once too and that didn't work i heard you i saw um, mike Byrne posted a video of you guys doing come on come on in our little dummy room group and it was awesome oh, okay okay it was live obviously but yeah it was, it was yeah super cool. yeah I love that early cheap trick, man. It's just great. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Especially from 
cheap the first album to Dream Police. I mean, it's pretty much impeccable. Yeah, totally. Yep, agreed. All right, so the next one we got is Cindy's on Methadone. Cindy's on Methadone, she's through with the sound. Cindy's on Methadone, she's off of heroin. Straight classic. <laughs> What'd you guys think about it? Got any fond memories or anything? I kind of remember it being pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. You guys had been but playing that all the way out to California on tour, though, right? That's like a pretty, staple. Yeah. 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 I, th- that was one of those songs that we'd played a bunch. So. Yeah, that was a ball buster for me to play live. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what was the deal when you guys redid it as Shirley's on Methadone? Wasn't it supposed to be like for some kind of soundtrack to a movie or some shit? I think so. Did that ever like materialize or what? Because I've never really seen nope. anything. Nope. Which version do you nope. guys prefer? Oh, the My Brain Hurts yeah, version. All day. Yeah. The Shirley's on Methadone was kind of like, okay, we've got this probably something along the lines. All right, we've got like 10 minutes in the studio left. Let's just, you know. Just bang it out. Let's just bust this out, yeah. Cool. The next song is probably my all-time favorite <laughs> song on this album, dude. Science of Myth. It's, uh, yeah. Message is a little bit deeper on this one than most Weasel songs to this point. About a mile deeper, but great <laughs> yeah, song. Agreed. So I, I, here's a question more for Panic. Um, a lot of people, you know, they always say that this was the, the big transition for Weasel from the hardcore. You know, they were fast, and then they became more melodic and slowed down a little bit. But, you know, most of these songs are really fast. Yeah. So, I mean, you're the guy. Obviously, you have to have the stamina to play these songs. <laughs> I mean, was there, a, was there a faster song than, like, Science of Myth and What We Hate? Uh, yeah. Um, Not too many. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> like Ashtray yeah, I mean, and stuff you'd play well, live, right? Yeah, but... Yeah, there were there were like uh, the song Panic. Voice I'm a head screaming, metaphorically me. I'm certainly not crazy. I don't think I'm on a crazy, but you see the pressure's getting to me just a bit too much for me. I'm feeling it all over, and I wish it would be over if I turn into a grinning idiot who's with a quarter in my cup. Uh, which is, I think, a whopping like ten seconds or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, and then we also did uh, a cover of uh, uh there's I can't remember the band i'll i'll try to remember it but yeah for the most part i mean yeah 
definitely took a lot of stamina to play those songs because I was kind of following a little bit like the more Ramonesy type of songs, you know, done the hi hats and not cheating. Uh, yeah, I mean, just playing the drums on that in that sort of style definitely took a lot of stamina. And so it, uh, it always bummed me out when people just kind of blew us off as just some kind of Ramones ripoff band. I'm like, no, actually. <laughs> no, Screeching Weasel to me doesn't sound a lot like the Ramones at all. No, not at all. I agree uh, with that. I totally agree with that as well. Um, and I just Riverdale's maybe, but not Screeching Weasel. Yeah, yeah the Riverdale's I could see, but um, uh, and a lot, but especially yeah, yeah. the earlier stuff. Right. But uh, Screeching Weasel, I don't, I, I don't think does either. Um, I just yeah, think I, think... It's, I hear the influence, but I, I don't, I, I don't hear like a a, a rip off. I th- um, yeah, I think I think later on after the Riverdale's thing, then people started uh, sort of pigeonholing holding um, Screeching Weasel as a Ramones clone type of thing. But I think at the time that wasn't the case. But I think it happened later on when people like, oh, well, it's just Ramones. Like, there's a, way more influences than that. Oh, big time! I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Ramones are a, a, a a tiny fraction right um so yeah so what did you guys when you first heard this song the science of myth were you guys blown away at ben's lyrics to this fucking song because i know i I was you know yeah i i was i I still kind of am too because like one one of the things about that is one of the things that's pretty impressive about that song is that i mean i don't know what was he 22 23 at the time i mean that's like a song i'd I would have a hard time writing now, you know. <laughs> I mean, like being forty-nine, you know. Right. Um, I mean, and not just—I think a lot of songwriters would. It's—it's a—it's a, a topic that's um, kind of hard to hard to tackle and and do it eloquently like that. Yeah. And um, and he d- did it without being preachy. He just kind of left no. it open-ended for you. Right. To right. Yeah. It's a it's a very, I mean, such a huge issue too that just goes on forever, and you know, and it will continue to keep going on the the debate between science and religion, you know. So yeah, um, I think that was a pretty impressive lyrically. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean that's the thing is Ben is really smart and he's well read and. Uh, that was another being the proverbial bonnet uh, that people always considered Screeching Weasel a more whimsical band and less serious than other pure bands or bands from that era. And it's like you read some of Ben's lyrics, they tackle some serious issues. Right. Um, and I just think because it was done with more melodic flair than, you know, than harsher uh, soundscapes that, uh, people kind of lumped us in as some sort of cartoonish type of band, but like actually so a, a decent amount of Ben's lyrics can go up against any of the more political bands um, in my eyes. Absolutely. Oh yeah. All their own. And, and while it's not political, the next song is exactly the same in my eyes. Lyrically, what we hate is fucking genius.
Yeah. Yeah. That's also like um, what I'm pretty impressed about that one as well is that it's another topic that would be, it seems like you would have to be older to write a song like that because, you know, like, you know. Yeah. The whole like getting older thing. Like he was already comprehending it at a young age. Right, right. Like I comprehend that very, very well now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but at the I time mean. I was like, you know, just a kid. You know, right. I thought there was something really interesting about it, but I didn't quite get it like I do now. Yeah. So I mean, what were you guys thinking when you guys were rehearsing these songs? Did you know how brilliant they were, or was it just did it just seem like another song to you? No, no. I thought they were. I thought they were great awesome this song always makes me feel like shit when i really listen to it <laughs> you know? hey, I always wanted, so the intro of this song it, it's kind of gets going and the, it's like that weasel lead kind of builds up right to the verse and I, I never knew if it was intentional or if it was just like the actual the sound quality kind of sucked a little bit or if it was on purpose that build up yeah you know um, couldn't tell you <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think I think at the beginning Ben wanted me to do this uh, drum roll kind of uh, before the guitar lead comes in, and it just wasn't working. Um, I think uh, it felt really forced, and plus it was hard as hell to play without uh, cheating on the drum roll, like bouncing the sticks a little bit more, and I didn't want to do that. So I think we just, uh, we scotched that idea. Gotcha. Cool. All right, uh, next song, Teenage Freak Show.
teenage peep show, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, had... I used to, like... Um, you used to go to the peep show, huh, Vapid? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, not like that. Uh, there was a, a, a period, like, um, before that album, and probably, like, just right after high school, where I was hanging out with two friends a lot, and... <laughs> Just we would just get beer and get his Casio keyboard out and would just come up with a song on the spot. And I came up with Teenage Peep Show and there was um this girl <laughs> I like I would teach her how to, you know, play like certain things on the keyboard and my friend Adam would play guitar and I we would just laugh mostly. But um but the song was was pretty good, you know. Um so like we ended up um I ended up showing it um to those guys and of course we had to change the lyrics and that which was fine and it wasn't supposed to be something that was going to really seriously use under those you know with seriously used lyrics like that but um but the music was was really good um and so uh at least i thought and they thought and so you know it just ended up being becoming teenage freak show so whose idea was it to uh, put the synth on this song um, I think I think it was mine from the original demo, huh? I, I'm pretty, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, cool. And yeah, I like how it's there, but it does, you know, it's not, you know, it's not overwhelming to hear, yeah. but I yeah, think it just I, adds, it, it just makes it perfect. Yeah, I think the the original <laughs> way that we had it when it was a joke song had this had the Casio keyboard on it, so we just <laughs> ended up keeping it. That's cool. Because it sounded <laughs> and- kind of cool. I think I've commented on the uh, previous Dominique Room that uh, episode that I did with you guys that, you know, uh, Dan's natural songwriting ability that it just kind of flows out of him. And I distinctly remember with this song, we were rehearsing at my parents' place. And I think out of nowhere, you decided this to do the I've fallen and I can't get up bit. <laughs> oh, is that, ben, is that where that, it ben, came from that time? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think Ben thought it was just. I think it's like, yeah, you know, I think he gave a, a, a no, some he, sort of a thumbs up on that. That was another one of those pop culture weird references yeah. that, like, people at the time, there was a, I don't know if those you guys commercials remember. with that commercial. lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> for whatever reason at that time, like, we we just thought that was hilarious. And, like... <laughs> You know, and people would always be fucking cracking up at that commercial. So um, <laughs> it just ended up throwing it in that spot. It just seemed to fit. Like, like there was something about it that just seemed to work. Yeah. So <laughs> it has nothing to do with the song whatsoever, but it works. <laughs> now I can hear it. Now, now it makes sense. <laughs> I remember like busting out in hysterics. I think when you when you did that the first time, too. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, that's gotta stay. I hope it stays. <laughs> it's just one of those vapid things that makes this record so special, you know. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I don't know. It just seemed funny and quirky and fitting, you know. I don't know. It was very and it was very spontaneous. But usually. Uh, a lot of times, that's the stuff that's the best. It's just stuff that just comes out of nowhere, totally. you know. So, what can you guys tell us about Kamala's "Too Nice"? Uh, uh you know that that's another. It's an older one. Thing that Ben, yeah, that came off of uh, uh, a different uh, 
God, I, I know we recorded that song as well, but I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank on where it um, we recorded it. But um, Kamala Parks, I think was her name. Just um, I think so. Yeah, someone who was very nice. <laughs> she was nice. <laughs> Too actually. nice. It was really nice. Did she make you sick or what? Didn't make me sick. I thought <laughs> she was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Another pop culture reference with the Eric Fromm, right? Yep. Yeah. Have either of you guys read that book, or was that just Ben? No, Ben wrote Ben read it, but um, I guess that book was in her bathroom or something, and he read it, and yeah. I ended up in the... I don't... Well, it inspired <laughs> I can't tell you much about it beyond that. Right. I eventually read it later on uh, because of that reference, so... Right on. I've thought about so, it, but I just never have. Yep. That's cool. Okay, so the next track is probably, to me, you got the coolest drums on the whole freaking album. I love what you're doing on Don't Turn Out the Lights, Panic. It fucking rules. And to me, oh, thank you. I, I've always thought that the very end of this song where Ben's just saying, you know, say you care. He's like the king of saying one line and putting so much emotion into one mm-hmm. line, you know? I love that about the way he writes. So, how'd you guys like that one? Did you dig it when you first heard it? Um, it was a Gorger Girls one first, right? Yeah. Who uh, wrote that little lead part at the beginning? Was Ben wrote the lead part? Yeah, I think so. Did you play it or did Jughead? I'm pretty sure John did. That's cool. I like those little uh, guitar licks just before each verse. Yeah. Is that you or John? Yeah. That's John. It's all John. Yeah. That's cool. You guys like that song? I I love that uh, song. I, yeah, I, I I like the song. I um I remember really liking that song a lot, and then kind of burning out on it a little bit. But um, I think we used to play it a lot live, and just one of those things. But um, anyway, yeah, I like the song. Yeah, uh, like there's a. I mean, the drums are really busy in that yeah, without them being without them sounding really busy. Yeah. Um, kind of playing different things to the rhythm of the guitars and and Ben's lyrical cadence. God, that sounds so fucking pretentious. Like, but yeah, there there's definitely a lot more going on uh, rather than just a snare bass drum and hi hat. But yeah, a lot of cool without tiles. it seeming like it's in the way of everything. Yeah. Which was my intention. Again. Right on. God, it sounds so pretentious like talking like like people are like, What a dick. <laughs> 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 um, uh, and I don't mean it to be, but so be it. Uh right. Yeah. I think everything about that song's fucking perfect, man. It's mm-hmm. one of my all time favorites. Fathead, what about that one? Another old one that had been re recorded. Yeah. Who's this song about? Is this song about somebody in particular? No, I don't huh? think it was. It, you know, this was another song that was recorded at a different time, and yeah. this is probably the one song on the record that, um, you know, I, I think it doesn't really hold in the test of time. But um, that's fine. It, it seemed yeah. it was fun at the time. I would um, much have rather preferred that one got scrapped in favor of like I want to be a homosexual or something because you recorded the same session, right? Yeah, we recorded that in in this session. I think that could have been my uh, the reason why that probably didn't 
uh, wasn't on the record was probably me because I thought, like, I really had this fear that we were going to get beat up because of that song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, things were I a lot different back then, you know. They were a lot different <laughs> back then, and so having that song was really, um, really kind of, it really kind of gave me some anxiety for a while. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it, it was really well received, though. I thought we were just going to, like, um, I, I just, I guess I just pictured, like, really awful things happening to us for some reason. Like, just, like, got really kind of panicky. Shows, like- yeah, well, I mean, I, I had grown up seeing that at shows, and so I just, I had those images stuck in my head, and just, wow. um, I just thought it would happen, and it never did, you know, so it ended up being you know uh almost like a fan favorite and probably like a top 10 maybe not uh, i don't know um it's, but it's really good it, it ended up going really well but that's that 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 might be that might be my doing with that gotcha yeah well i remember my fear the, the original version of that with uh vermin on drums um lyrically way different and i remember us being in the control room hearing the playback lyrically of that and i just remember just like holy shit this is wow this is awesome like i just like he totally just very profoundly i think just exemplified the hypocrisy with the homophobia and uh i just remember like wow this this is awesome, and this is going to get us killed, but so be <laughs> it. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah.
You know, there's a funny story. I'll, I'll, I'm going to segue just for a second. But yeah. before you were in the band, Dan, like um, th- we had played, we, we'd done a tour one summer in, um, we were down in Florida and we we're playing a backyard and it was full of skinheads. Okay. And so by the time we had played and I had begged, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I was like almost, I'm like, I'm like begging Ben. I'm like, please, we can't do. I I want to be a homosexual. <laughs> and and he's like, he's like, okay. And he even he even agreed. You know, he let up. But so we start playing. We were probably into our first song, and the entire backyard goes, Sig Heil, Sig Heil. And they're all piling oh us as we're playing. There's probably thirty of them, which looks about you know. Like three thousand, <laughs> yeah. Menacing. So Ben's like, oh, "Does that mean you like us?" You know. <laughs> and uh, the, you know, and then one of them like Zig Heiled and said, "Screeching Weasel," and I'm like, "I'm like, oh, this is awful, right?" Oh. And so somebody had said something to these skinheads, and then there was a <laughs> big fight in the backyard. And we all go running into the house. <laughs> so, jeez. There was the realization of some of this stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there, there was different times. some. There were different times. There was a another time in Florida where this uh, homophobic guy kept just you know just saying stuff in the audience, and he was really acting pretty violent. I don't. I don't know. It was just a part of those times, and I had seen. I had seen enough of it in Chicago as well with skinheads just beating the shit out of people you know yeah so <laughs> the long and short of this yeah. story is is it's probably my fault that that's not on the record because i <laughs> i probably begged it for it not to be <laughs> gotcha. um and even though i love the song i thought the song was great i just you know i just didn't think we were uh, at a time that uh we could we could do something like that without getting killed, but um, yeah. we never did. We never did. So that was obviously just uh, all in my head. Um, and another so, side note on my uh, I want to be homosexual. I remember I think Jim Testa flew out from uh, Jersey Beat to Jim do an Beat. interview with us, and he saw us at McGregor's. And I think he is. I'm paraphrasing, but he, I think he's he had said something like. You know, do you think, don't you think Screeching Weasel's political? Uh, I, I said, well, no, not really. It's like, if you can get 600, 700 kids to sing along to I Want to Be a Homosexual, <laughs> I can't think of anything more political than that. <laughs> I, what I thought about it, I'm like, huh. And again, it goes to that sort of melodic aspect where you can reel people in with a nice melody and have some... Of lyrical content that may be a little bit more confrontational or something along those lines, but you kind of reel people into your philosophy on something a little bit easier when they're not being shouted at. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the song after that, uh, after yeah. Fathead done? After yeah. Fathead, you have I Want to Be With You Tonight. Another okay. great one with great background vocals as well. Yeah, I don't remember much about that. Just... Uh... Just the you know, just the backing vocal. Yeah. Just always kind of was funny to me. <laughs> try to try to be a, a little outrageous with it. Yep. With this one, when you come up with that, is that just sort of on the spot, Dan? 
Or, I mean, is uh, there a lot of thought behind <laughs> something like that? How many? I think I want to say with that backing vocal that there might have been... I want to say that that Ben was involved in it too. Like we kind of, I had something, then he kind of tweaked it a little bit with that one um, to kind of give it more of a, I don't know, more of the kind of the, the end result that it has. Yeah. I always thought it was a really good song. I had something kind of like it, and then he kind of suggested a, something slightly different, and that's kind of what happened with that one. I love the part when you do the, I think it's you at least, the I-I-I part. Oh, right. Okay. That's I'm right before the key change. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm trying to see. That's all, that's right. all I pretty much remember about that one. Yeah. Panic, you remember anything particular about that song? Um, not really. <laughs> I think as far as recording the album, I think we... We recorded it, all the songs in order. Um, I think we did that for a long time. Uh, and I think that might have been the case with everything that we played on that album, was to save money um, as far as having to you know, go through reels, shit, of, yeah. reels, of, reels of tape. And so I think there was a sequence already involved uh even before we recorded it. That's cool. I think it was just like near the end of the recording day. Gotcha. Well, I personally love that one, but it brings us to the title track, ending out the album with the title track, My Brain Hurts. <laughs>
song is like an all-time classic. Every bit as good today as it was back then, and it still sounds fresh. I love it, dude. What would you guys think about it at the time? Um, I like the lyrics a lot. I think one of the, my favorite things about, uh, yeah, the drum, the drum section is really great. I, I like the, uh, I really like the lead on it in the middle. I do too. Yeah, um, kind of arpeggiated. Yeah. The arpeggiated. I'm a big fan of that kind of style yeah. of, of leads. Um, so, um, and I like the uh, the 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 outro lead as well. And uh, no, I just think it's a it's a good song. It's definitely a great one. Hey, when you guys were in the studio tracking their album, did you already know that the title of the record was going to be "My Brain Hurts," or was that something that came later? No, I I I, I didn't. Um, and and same with the cover, like. I think like the cover was like one of those things where it's like, okay, what are we going to do? You know? And yeah. Found that and, <laughs> you know, put the band name on and there was the record, you know? Um, <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, Ben wanted that album cover in color, but lookout wasn't sure uh, they'd make their money back on uh, the mm-hmm. album. So mm-hmm. it was uh, in black and white to save money. Uh, at least that's what I've been. I've heard throughout the years. Mm. Yeah, that? don't right. Don't remember anymore. What do you guys think of the uh, updated cover where it's like the insects in that pose or whatever? You seen that reissue? Oh, it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I like mean, it that much either. So why why could they use the original I, cover? I have no idea. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's a, a lot of these questions. Um, like I said, I mean, they're, they're earlier on. They're, they're probably going to be more suited for Ben or John. But gotcha. um, going back to the artwork on the reissue, I actually liked it because to me it was sort of a play on, at least to me, it was a play on the Residence album covers a little bit. Um, so I liked it for uh, for that quality. I gotcha. So panic was that uh, my brain hurts drum break in one take or what? yeah <laughs> yeah That's yeah awesome. that was all done I probably in like one or probably the first take is this, tr- is this true vapid did he really do that I, in one take I I think it probably is true I mean like I I remember that I'm pretty sure like when we were rehearsing that that was there yeah it sounds like a fucking machine gun it's no it's no, just insane I, yeah. how fast it is and. To do it well, one take. Well, originally Ben wanted me to do more Aaron Comet Bus uh, drum fills, like Crim Shrines type of stuff. Yeah. And so I took that literally, and so I played it a little <laughs> bit more loose, loosely. And and Ben's like, ah, that's not gonna that's not gonna work. So then I just kind of did my own thing. But the last the that was me making fun of uh, drum solos. It was kind of like me, kind of, it was like more of a, for me, it was more of a playful drum fill, um, just to make fun of the whole idea of, oh, here's this drum part, the drum solo part or whatever. It was me kind of like giving the middle finger uh, a little bit to the, the whole idea of, you know, having my own section as it were. Um, so that was my, my intent was to make just this, like this sort of silly, but after that, after the machine gun stuff, which is kind of like, 
kind of like kind of like thumbing my nose at the whole like I'm supposed to all these years, Dan. I thought you were just being cocky back there, man, just showing (laughs) off. (laughs) No, because little do I know. I have to find out later. (laughs) Well, the thing was is like I'm uh, even though I'm a drummer, I hate drum solos, and I, I and I I'm not a big fan of big drum kits, and I'm not a big fan of like oh I'm the drummer, I got to be showcased, so. Um, so for me, it was, uh, me was kind of messing a little bit with what I was supposed, because I'm a drummer and I'm supposed to, you know, want to play as much as possible throughout a song. Um, in, yeah. you know, any, any new drum beat that I learn, I'm supposed to incorporate in the next song, whether it works or not with <laughs> right. the song at hand. And I just... I'm more of, I prefer being a team player, and if the song requires something, it requires, and if it doesn't, I won't play it. And I remember in practice, one of the, I think the first practice, I looked at you guys and said, if there's anything that I'm playing that you don't like, let me know. And I think you guys were, I think there was a little bit of surprise from all your faces. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, that's true. I was like... I'd played with a lot of drummers. Um, played with just people in general that don't want you to. They don't like it when you tell them how something should be done, and you, you don't do it because you you want to tell them what to do. You're telling them because you have a vision of how it's going to sound like in the end. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. Not that they shouldn't have like the way that they would play or approach something. Um, yeah. But um, you know yeah. that's a that's a tr- can be a tricky thing for a songwriter because I think you know a songwriter hears a specific thing in their head, yeah. you know, and if that's the case, you got to kind of, um, you know, you kind of got to describe that <laughs> to your and it's, it's to the musicians you... in the band, and, and some and sometimes they they don't take that well, you know. No, so uh, kind of so. do it like a machete to the ego a little bit. And, yeah, right. But yeah, my my whole premise for playing drums was to service the song. My favorite drummers have always been drummers who service the song. So um, I was not into adding more stuff to my drum kit or wanting to do drum solos or anything like that. Uh, to me, it's just like, hey, if the song requires me to do something like this, I'll do it. And if not, then I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's also my philosophy to this day. It was then and it is now. Yep. So did you guys know that this, my brain hurts made the uh, Rolling Stone 50 greatest pop punk albums list? Um, (laughs) number 39. Oh yeah. Number 39. It's unbelievable what what they ranked ahead of that i guess but (laughs) yeah yeah. i don't look i can't look at that stuff because um especially with rolling stone because it's like i'm happy to be on a record that is on there i guess but at the same time i'm like i don't know do i need some kid half my age that like (laughs) tell me the fucking 50 best i don't know like (laughs) I don't know who writes this stuff sometimes. Totally. You know, yeah. um, and, it's and like, what they're, 
it, yeah. like in how they would come up with 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 what they come. I've seen other lists before, and they just drive me insane. And so I just stop looking at them. Yeah, I, Rolling Stone I find to be one of the worst. Yeah, there's Absolutely. there's bands on here I've never heard of. Yeah, the I, top fifty. Yeah, oh, I believe it. You know, it's crazy. What's yeah, number like one this. on there, Nate? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, number one is Dookie. Okay. Mm, well, I guess which, I kind of get that. I like that like, album, but no Ramones. I'm sure there's. Come on. I'm sure there's probably a lot uh, of like Ramones seven, is number three. Ramones Rocket is to three. Is num- Rocket to Russia Green is number one. three. See, that's just wrong in and of itself. And see, yeah. I I did yeah, see, see that. that's right right here. So you can't, you just can't even have a top fifty. Well, to make it to make you feel worse, Fallout Boy is number five. Uh, mm, how yeah. about uh? <laughs> so how about uh? I'm sure there's probably a bunch of bands called Seven Sets to Sunday or something shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, weird ones about yeah. summer yeah. and <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, or but, Days uh, of the Week bands in yeah, there. Yeah, right? yeah totally. Monday or <laughs> Thursday <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I, I I do remember seeing that and being like, "Huh, I don't know how we got in there." Because, but uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, the Undertones' first album's not in there. The Rosillos can't stand the Rosillos isn't in there. Um, yeah. And Sweet Baby, it's a girl's not in there. So I'm like, okay, nope. you know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, but. You're missing some really major records. Some, yeah, in my opinion. But that's what those things are. They're opinions. So yeah. everyone's entitled to them. Yeah. Agree yeah. to disagree. Yeah. So it's a great Which, record, man. It's number one in my book. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to get off the yeah. uh, phone here. Dan, good talking yep. to you. You too. Hopefully, I'll see you at Jughead's 70th uh, birthday party. <laughs> All right, I'll be bringing. Uh, I'll make sure to bring a 12 pack of Insure for everybody. Yeah, bring a cane for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that was good talking to you guys. Yeah, um, always yeah. a pleasure, Dan. Thanks, Babbitt. All right, I'll All right. talk to you guys. All right, have a great one. All right. Bye. Thanks. Good night. Hey, this is Beefface here, hanging in the dummy room where LSD makes you smarter. Hell yeah, man, that was cool of Vapid to come back again, you know? Yeah, second time. Um, next time he has to write us a jingle, I think. I think that's... <laughs> I would so, love a Vapid jingle. Yeah, and everybody out there that's listening knows he's got a new record out, Dan Vapid and the Cheats. It's out on uh, Centric Pop Records, but if you haven't heard it, go check it out. Uh, we didn't play too many songs in this episode, so let's let's play uh, let's play one off of that, dude. What do you want to hear? I was thinking, like, uh, Silver Lining. I'm sorry about what has come to an end But things will get better for you, my friend Darkened clouds upon your hand Obstruct the sun from shining Do your best to find a silver lining It is what it is 
yeah, go check it out, man. Um, it's nice to uh, nice to have talk to a guy like this, a guy that we've been listening to for twenty some years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks for coming cool. on, Dan. Yep. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you again, hopefully soon. Well, panic. We didn't get to tell Vapid, but thanks so much for making this fucking great record, dude. I mean, it's a big part of my life, big part of Nate's life, and probably anyone yeah. that's listening to this. I mean, it's just one of those records, you know, that really made a huge impact on me. All these songs were written, um, you know, beforehand. You guys played them on tour leading up to the recording. The recording was like four days or something. It took. Was was it like that with all the Screeching Weasel records, or were any of them kind of written, you know, in the studio? No, the, no, we we practiced the songs uh, beforehand. So we, because again, we didn't have big recording budgets. Yeah, right. And um, and number two, it's just I'm not a big fan of being in the recording studio, and I don't like wasting people's time. So my attitudes just go in there. Um, you know, I've done stuff off the cuff. I've done studio work where I walk in, I've not heard a thing. I'll listen to a song once and like, okay, let me put something down. And, uh, do you want me to do that again? I can do a different style. Um, but yeah, my attitude is like, if, if I'm going in the studio, just focused, like you need me, I'm up the bat. Okay, let's go. Right on. And I think, again, it goes to uh, my studio experience, you know, working in sh- on two string budgets um, and working in analog, mm-hmm. you know, and not fixing things in Pro Tools. Yeah. You know, or just, uh, I'm, you know, like, again, I think I said that in the previous Dummy Room episode that I'm grateful that I grew up in that era that if I'm playing a song, I play through the whole thing. Not just, oh, we got that part. Okay, we'll just punch you in right here, and you can yeah do four do bars here, part. eight there, you're done. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> I know a lot of bands do it that way, but you can tell when they do. It just sounds too sterile. Yeah. Big fan of real live music. I mean, you know, there's a human thing about actually, you know, tempo changes a little bit here and there you know just from feel well i think especially the human i mean the human body it's not just one rhythm exactly i mean your body is a is a myriad of different rhythms and depending on whatever stimulus you have around you will add to that so to me i i don't think it's natural to have something totally linear where it's just dot 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 you know yeah yeah agree 100% with that Mm mhm but yeah man um thanks so much for coming on Panic we always love talking to you we're gonna have to have you back when we do Wiggle coming up at some point (laughs) in the future (laughs) okay I love talking about this stuff I mean Weasel to me one of the all time great bands of all time you know so thank you guys Love and it. it was it was great to actually uh, be able to talk to Dan about this stuff again and uh, hear uh, little tidbits of things that I didn't know about and that he got to hear little tidbits of things that he didn't know about. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's always it's kind of fun to do stuff like that, uh, especially when a long time has kind of passed because I think you're at a point where you can reflect on things a little bit more. Yeah. Some distance um, and, from it right yeah and i think uh it makes it i think 
more interesting than being in the moment of it because in the moment of it, you know, your natural reaction is like, it's great. It's the best thing I've ever done. And, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, and like, it's basically saying, buy our record, buy our record. Yeah. And since I don't have that uh, pressure anymore and something like that, right. I can look back at it and look at the positive attributes and the, the things I'm less pleased about and say, okay, well, you know, anything that you record, anything that you create is a snapshot in time. And, you know, yeah. yeah, I think everyone who's ever created anything would love to go back and fix things. I don't think that I've met anyone <laughs> who's created anything like, you know, I'm 100% absolutely, you know, bet my life totally confident on this whole thing. Um, but that's, that's what art is. It's a snapshot. It's a reflection of the time you're living in and the, the time that you are in your head. So, yeah, that's awesome. I'm making it sound way more verbose than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're spot on, dude. I mean, it's absolutely true. You know, it's like a little time capsule. And then when I hear it, I go right back to that age. You know what I mean? It means a lot that people responded to it and still to this day um, have fond memories. Oh, yeah, it means man. a lot. Actually, at work, I was doing a wine tasting, and uh, this guy came up and he had heard that he had heard that you know Dan Panic worked here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, that would be me. And he showed me his weasel tattoo. Oh, cool. Uh, that totally blew my mind. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a couple months ago, there was like a post somewhere. I think it was on Facebook, but I think Jughead had actually posted like a, a collage of all these different weasel tats. There was like hundreds like, of them. Yeah, hundreds. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, whether it's my era or, you know, another drummer's era that, you know, someone so passionate about a band that they're willing to ink it in their flesh uh permanently that's <laughs> yeah that's awesome. uh that that's really uh crazy oh yeah no, <laughs> it's a it's a no, i don't know it's, it's a testament crazy. i just I, I think it's just such a compliment uh, such a, a a compliment that words to me wouldn't be able to express gotcha the gratitude for something like that that's really cool so you don't have a weasel tattoo just the uh 27 Yep, just the 27. Hey, we did this. Uh, so Ben says nobody else knows the origin of 27. Um, <laughs> and Nate, he says figured, never, Nate figured it out. He's taken it to the grave. But a couple episodes ago, we had Jeff Palmer on, and we did mm -hmm. the, we did this uh, queers trivia. Just a uh, bunch of random queers questions. And one of them was, um, uh, well, Joe, Joe says 20, 27 ducks in a song. <laughs> And the song was, it was, you know, before the Riverdales. So it seemed, you know, when I caught the lyric, I thought, oh, a 27 reference, that's cool. And then it hit me that it was, you know, pre-Riverdales, you know, pre-27 fame. And, um, yeah, I kind of thought, well, maybe maybe he just got it from that. But Yeah, so does it, is it from Can't Stop Farting or no? <laughs> um it, ben never let on to me about that. Um, so yeah, he says it, he will it, never it, tell it, anyone. 
It would it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case, and he was just being contrarian, <laughs> just making it seem like a bigger issue than it was, and right. taking. Um, so you got a tattoo on your flesh because Joe Queer couldn't stop farting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I just I just like the number. So to me, like even if I had a seething hatred for the Riverdales, um, twenty seven would just be like, oh, it's a number that's fairly significant in and not just things that have happened in my life but in pop culture totally i always thought it was because he he started that after he lived past 27 you know what i mean was my my big theory yeah um i thought initially um it was like oh it doesn't mean anything uh yeah but make people think like it it does so (laughs) um I thought I heard it was the anniversary of uh, of an ex-girlfriend or something. Their anniversary, like February 7th or something like that. Huh. So he'd never forget <laughs> it or something, yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah, uh, you know, it could, be, it could be nothing at all or it could be something. And, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you never know. You never know. At the uh, end of the day, it just reminds me of the Riverdales. So it's yeah. just cool no matter what. <laughs> and if and if people want to come up with theories, uh, right. hey, it's absolutely. Kind of numerology it's and shit. Yeah, it's kind of like the Beatles and the fake uh, the, <laughs> the Paul death yeah. when uh, Paul supposedly died in uh, November of '66. Makes you wonder, yeah. man. Well, it was funny because I remember as a teenager uh, playing little bits of records backwards and yeah. uh, looking at album covers and and. Uh, and With the I turn was a me teenager. on dead man and all that shit. Yeah. Turn me on dead man. 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 Yeah, I was, and I was a teenager <laughs> centuries ago, so uh, I'm sure there's more theories now than uh, back then. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like if yeah, it's it's kind of the uh, uh, harmless pop culture, you know, kind of yeah. Uh, kind of like picking at your own zits, I guess. It's like, oh, this is kind of entertaining for a second. Um, <laughs> you know, and eventually it's like, okay, I got to really go do something with my life. I can't be sitting here in front of the mirror popping my zits. I got something <laughs> a little more substantial, but that was that was freakishly entertaining for a little bit. Yeah, but, totally. Uh, it's, it's, it's time for, you know. Uh, a little reality check. Yeah, exactly. I got to go to work or, you know. <laughs> I gotta take a shower or yeah. pay the bills somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, All right well, Panic. Thanks so much for joining us again, man. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you, guys. Say, I got one more question. Uh, sure. You, you had mentioned before you're you're not really doing anything musically, but uh, anything on the horizon for you? Um. Well, I think at some point Squirt Gun will, because I've been doing some shows with Squirt Gun over the mm-hmm. last. I guess two, has it been two years now? Yeah, about two years. Um, there's talks of us all getting together and and playing some shows and hopefully recording something this year. And we all have songs uh, ready. We, I think we're, we're going to do, I think the idea, at least as far as I'm aware of, that we each throw in a song and we'll we'll do it. Oh, cool. So yeah, so Squirkin's uh, great, man. Yeah, yeah, and I've got another project out here. Uh, I guess more indie rock. 
Um, so uh, we'll see if uh, that happened, you know, what happens with that. But, um, yeah, just f- kind of focusing on my newish job right now. So I haven't really been picking up the sticks much or anything like that. But, yeah. Cool. I was 2019 treating you guys. Things are good, man, for me. Pretty good, man, actually. Yeah. Cool. Same old shit for me, you know. Just kids are getting older and, you know, bigger. Winter, and Winter is over, hopefully. Just, yeah. just about, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so I had, the, I had the heat going this morning and the air conditioning going in the afternoon, so... <laughs> that's that's our spring so yeah I, I don't miss the midwest weather that's for sure <laughs> right yeah when i first moved out here people were trying to get me to go to tahoe to go skiing and stuff and i was just like no you know what no i don't like snow it's like no snow is fun it's like yeah but you grew up in northern california yeah so snow is gonna be naturally gonna be fun for you because you're not living in it yeah you can drive in, you know, an hour and a half, you know, an hour, hour and a half out of the way, and you're not going to see the snow ever again. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it was one of those things where, like, yeah, I don't miss it. I don't miss the sub zero. Yeah, you know, I <laughs> I miss obviously some of the people. I miss the architecture of Chicago and stuff, and family, and but yeah, I don't miss that weather. <laughs> so all right, you've you've all been listening to the Dummy Room. Thank you for uh, thank you for uh, listening to my long-winded ramble. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Panic. This was so fun. And yeah. anyone who listened, thanks. thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I don't know what the hell we're doing, but it's gonna be fun. Thank you, guys. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Dummy Room. Tune in next Thursday for another fun episode. Have a great week, and thanks again. Goodbye. I've fallen, and I can't get up!